0: The epistle for this feast of the kingship of our lord jesus christ the epistle is taken from saint paul's letter to the colossians brethren giving thanks to god the father who has made us worthy to be partakers of the lot of the saints in light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood the remission of sins who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For in him were all things created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominations or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and in him, and he is before all, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may hold the primacy because in him it has well pleased the Father that all fullness should dwell, and through him to reconcile all things unto himself, making peace through the blood of his cross, both as to the things that are on earth and the things that are in heaven, in Jesus Christ our Lord. Please stand for the Gospel. The Gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 18. At that time, Pilate said to Jesus, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this thing of yourself, or have others told it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief of priests have delivered thee up to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would certainly strive that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from hence. Pilate therefore said to him, Art thou then a king? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. For this was I born, and for this came I into the world, that I should give testimony to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. My dear faithful, if we are here today, on this feast of Christ the King, it is because God willed for us to exist. We can even say that God loved us into existence. There were many thousands of years, eons upon eons, when we did not exist at all. And during all those years God was was thinking about us. And he was, we may say, waiting. He was waiting for that time when he would bring us into existence. He gave to our our parents the the power to generate new life. And then at the moment of our conception, he created from nothing an immortal soul, and he infused that soul into the matter provided by our parents. That's when we started to exist, because he wanted us to exist. He knew us from all eternity. When, When that time came, out of his love for you, He made you to exist, and now you will exist forever. You will never die. You have that immortal soul, which means you will not perish. And St. John, he tells us that we have to love God as a result. Let us therefore love God, says St. John, because God loved us first. God's love preceded our very existence. This is the fundamental fact of our existence, is that we we are creatures of God, that we have this Father in heaven who has made us. So the main question of our life is whether we will return that love of God or whether we will not. And it might seem to be a very straightforward thing to return the love of another. But some people are good at it and some people are, are not very good at returning love. The whole point of our Catholic faith, we may say, is to help us love God back for the great love that He has shown us, to provide us all the tools, all the means, all the resources to properly love God. We are meant firstly to celebrate the fact that we have been created by a good God, that He has given us our humanity in our life. We adore God, we we offer praise and homage to God, we seek to serve God in in all that we do in our life. We do not hesitate to acknowledge our status as creatures of God, We, we, we are not afraid to say, I am a creature, I have been brought into existence not by myself, I do not have existence of myself, I receive my existence from God, from my Father in heaven, and as a result, I, I pay homage to him, I love him, I, I serve him as far as I am able. Secondly, we are, we are meant to celebrate the fact that we have been redeemed by our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, St. John, he says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to save us from our sins, and in the language of St. Paul in today's epistles, to make us partakers of the lot of the saints in life. We did not return the love of God. The fact is that, that our human race, sadly, rebelled against goodness itself, rebelled against God, and he alone is able to give us life. We, and we somehow preferred death to life. We did not want the life that God gives. We did not want that outpouring of goodness that God showered upon us. So we rebelled against him. And so our Lord came, he died for our sins, and again, hopefully, we do not hesitate to acknowledge our status as sinners. The fact that if we're left to ourselves, we we deserve hell. So we, we need a Redeemer, and we have a Redeemer, and we are redeemed. We rejoice in this fact that we have a Redeemer. We refer to our Lord as our King. We willingly pay homage to our Lord. We willingly show our love and appreciation for Him. And when we come to Mass, we seek to honor our Lord in the highest degree possible. This is only right and just, that we should love God as much as we can for what He has done for us and what He continues to do. And I feel that whatever I can say about this is, is going to be very underwhelming. There's just not sufficient words. This cannot be expressed properly. As hard as I try, whatever I say is always going to be hopelessly inadequate. It's not just right and just that we love God. It's supremely right. It's the whole meaning of our existence to return to God the love that He has shown us. Loving God is what makes us right and everything else around us right. The problem is we live in a world where there's a bit of an existential crisis. Society is finding it very difficult to return to God the love that he has for us. Society does not want to return God's love. and I don't think people generally have a problem with being loved. They're typically happy to be loved. What what they don't like and and what grates against modern man, we may say, is the obligations that flow from being loved. They don't want to be loved because love has a certain authority over us. When we are loved, love exercises a certain authority over us and it imposes certain obligations. And this is what makes being loved by God very distasteful to modern man. The closest analogy I can think of is, is the relationship of children with their parents. You know, the good parents, they love their children from the moment that their children are conceived or they're aware that they, 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 their child has been conceived. Um, when they give birth to their children, they feed their children, they, they take care of their children, they guide their children, they form them in what is good and right. And by the time that the child reaches adulthood, there's there's this immense amount of of love that has been bestowed upon them by their parents. And there's a debt as a result to the parents that the child is never able to fully repay. And Good children, they respond to this by by seeking to pay that debt. They seek to love and respect their parents for the rest of their lives. Whereas bad children, they tend to resent their parents. They, They start to wish that they perhaps didn't have parents even though it's impossible not to have parents. They want to be fatherless and motherless in order to escape the obligations of love. They don't like the, the fact that they are obliged to return the love that has been shown them and as a, as a result they have this sort of suicidal and insane desire to have never been loved. What I'm saying is something similar happens today when people do not want to be creatures of God. They would prefer that they did not have a father in heaven because having a father in heaven means that they have to love someone who's been good to them and they have to live up to that love that has been shown them. They have an obligation to live up to what God has given them. God brings us into existence. He gives us life and family. He gives us this beautiful planet to live on. And there's, there's obligations that follow as a result. We, we, we have an obligation to, to pay Him homage. And, and just as children of good parents have an obligation to live up to what their parents give them, so too we human creatures have an obligation to live up to what God has given us. And this is where some people, this is where the, the, the rebellious fallen nature of man works against, rejects the obligation that's imposed upon him. They, they do not want to be, have this creaturely existence where God is the one who is giving and they are the one who is receiving. They do not want defined for them what it means to be a human being and what it means to behave properly as a human being. And as a result, they, they look for two possible escapes from those obligations of loving God. The first escape is, is to say, well, I don't think there is a God. I, I think that I am just a highly evolved piece of matter. I'm not the product of a loving God. Therefore I don't have to love God. I'm just highly evolved matter, the result of random processes of of nature, wind and, and 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 other erosion and other light and sun and so on. And this is the same as saying, I don't have a father in heaven. The the second escape is to deny that that if God exists, he does not have any authority over me. God has no right to say what it means to be a human being. He may have created me, but after that point, he doesn't have any authority to tell me how to live as a human being. This is like a child growing up and claiming that he was not raised by his parents. My parents did nothing for me. Therefore, I have no duty to to honor my parents. There are many, many devastating consequences of this mentality, of this modern desire to be fatherless and motherless, not to have a father in heaven. But the worst of them, the worst consequence of them all is a hatred of humanity. There's a deep-seated hatred of what human beings are today. And this comes directly from the desire to be free from God. If you're not wanting humans to be creatures of God, then you are hating what humans are, because that's the fact. We are creatures of God. Regardless of what people want, that's the fact. We are creatures. It's so obvious that we're creatures. But if you're wanting to pretend that humans are not creatures, then you're hating what we are. You're hating the fact that we are the products of a loving God, that we have been loved into existence. And so the only thing to do is to hate whatever has God has done for human beings, whatever way God has made human beings, whatever God um, has asked human beings to be, whatever he had good he has created them for. There's this hatred today, for instance, of the ability that God has given us to bring new life into this world. People do not like new life. They look at people bringing new life into this world with horror. They see humans as a plague on this planet. That's why there's a celebration of killing. There are people who rejoice when more abortions are performed, when more lives are terminated, when more women refuse their motherhood. They want to stifle life whenever there is a new spark of it anywhere. They fight desperately for the quote-unquote right to kill. Whenever there's any possibility of, of Roe v. Wade being overturned. People are frenetic in their rage and their, their desperation to preserve the so-called right to kill your, your own child. They love killing. There's a hatred today as well for God's design of man and women the fact that God made there to be two different and complementary sexes, they do not want to be tied down to this beautiful design of God. It's a wonderful thing that that God has, has arranged things this way, and they hate it. That's why they celebrate people who mutilate their own humanity in a vain attempt to change their own gender, or they celebrate unnatural unions. They love whatever, in other words, they love it goes directly against what God has established. They think that that is the highest expression of, of freedom, to rebel against what God has done for our good. There's a hatred of inequality, the, the inequality that God has placed into this world, because inequality goes hand in hand with authority. Because there's inequality, There's authority. Because of the inequality between parents and and children, parents have authority over their children. For instance, they don't want some people to be smarter than others, some people to have more property than others, some people to be more beautiful than others. They don't even want human beings to be above the animals. This is also something that that God has done. He has placed humans over the animals. He's given us dominion over this material creation. They do not want that. So they try to pretend that somehow animals are just as good as human beings. So they, they try to eliminate all subordination in reality where one thing is subject in any way to another. And all this is, is very terrifying in, in, in this, this very, very deep-seated hatred of the reality of our human existence, of our human condition So, dear people, if we are here today for this Feast of Christ the King, it's firstly to say that we do not have any problem having a King over us. We even celebrate having a King over us. We love the fact that we are creatures made by our Lord Jesus Christ. We love the fact that our Lord has redeemed us from our sins. And we want to live up to that fact. We want to return the love that He has for us. We want to proclaim proudly that we are servants of our Lord, that that we are here to serve Him in all that we do. And if we do not have a problem with Christ being our King, and if we celebrate the fact that Christ is, is our King, we also do not have a problem with Our Lady being our Queen. Her motherhood over us is one of the most beautiful expressions of the love of God. We would be foolish not to embrace this mother, not to live up to that design of our loving Father as well. God has loved us into existence, and here we are. He has given us his only begotten Son as our Redeemer. He has given us his own mother as our co-redemptrix. And so we must celebrate all that God has done for us. This is the meaning of this feast. Let us return the love that God has shown us as far as we are able